Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hello there. Coming up on the podcast, former cop James Jewell on beefed up security at Liquor Marts. We'll also talk about all the murders and carjackings. Jared Story and Benji Rothman, a couple funny Winnipeggers, getting ready for a big show at the Park Theater. And Carolyn Klassen from Conexus Counseling. She will read from an open letter that she has written to her son's coach. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. Joining us on the phone now, a former Winnipeg police officer. You may know his website, thepoliceinsider.com. His name is James Jewell. Good afternoon, James. Hey, good afternoon, Hal. I've been looking forward to chatting with you for a long time. Thanks for doing this. Hey, no problem. Happy to do it. So let's uh, first of all get your reaction to the announcement today on the security at Liquor Marts. Well, you know what? I'm very much impressed. Um, Going back to September last year, I started writing some articles about the issue and essentially laying a lot of the blame at the leadership of the Manitoba Liquor Control Commission for creating a situation that really uh, basically encouraged, if that's maybe too strong of a word, people to steal. People walk in there and take whatever they want and walk out, and there was no threat or danger of arrest. So the... uh, the action that they're taking today that they've announced is very extensive, uh, and it's going to create a significant deterrent, and you'll see a marked uh, reduction in theft from liquor marts because of it. And you were telling me off-air that this problem was really starting to impact Winnipeg Police Service. Yes, from, uh, you know, I still have uh, very close contact with a lot of uh, serving officers, and I know that um, even how when I was working still, uh, we were getting these liquor mart thefts, and I'm going back to 2007, where the MLCC reps would drop off volumes of video of a, n- a number of different incidents. And so it's very labor-intensive to to investigate this, these things, to watch the video, to build a case around it, to take screenshots of suspects, to try to get people identified. And, and they were literally becoming paralyzed in the major crimes unit uh, with all of the MLCC thefts that they were tasked to investigate. And when I wrote a story about this, you know, I, I went into some detail about the mandate of the major crimes unit. And um, whether you know this or not, theft under essentially what these charges are, it's, right. it, there's very little punishment on the punishment end when it comes to on the scale of the criminal code for serious offenses. And so we had the Winnipeg major crimes unit investigating these minor thefts, and it was essentially paralyzing the unit uh, to a degree. And so, yeah, I mean, this will be welcome news uh, to the Winnipeg Police Service, the guys that are in the trenches uh, investigating these crimes. You've got an article called March Madness at thepoliceinsider.com. Let's get into that. Uh, Lots of gunplay, murders, deadly home invasions. It's been a a scary several months. Well, you know, uh, you you know it's busy when you get five murders in the first uh, two weeks of a, uh, a month, and that's what we've experienced here. So... Uh, the front lines are busy. The uh, forensic identification people that are working are busy, and the homicide unit guys are, are working double time on these cases. I know I was just looking back a little bit uh, on how many uh, murders have occurred in a month in in history here. So in 2002, we had five murders in February. Back in 2005, we had five murders in June. 
In the record year was 2004 Winnipeg when we had 41 homicides, and they actually had seven homicides in the month of October. So it's not unprecedented at this point, but it is still early in March, and we still have some time to go before the month's over. And I guess most of it related to the meth crisis, eh? Well, we can't blame it all on that. Um, Certainly this year we've had a a mix of everything. We've had uh, domestic violence homicides. We had an unprecedented case in Winnipeg at the Johnny G shooting where two alleged gang members shot and killed each other. Um, When the police released on that, they'd done their own research and and, uh, told the press that uh, it's unprecedented, never happened in Canada. uh, And we've had home invasion uh, um, homicide, which was, uh, you know, that was a very troubling case. I, yeah. I guess uh, some information came out that that individual uh, did have some issues related to meth. Mm. And we currently have three unsolved murders, the last three murders that aren't solved yet. So I don't think we really have a good uh, uh, handle on exactly what the motive or the cause of those cases were. Well, and then yesterday we heard from Winnipeg police that carjackings have doubled, more than doubled, to over 100 from 2017 to last year, and the most recent incident on Monday involved a 65-year-old woman. A guy hopped in the passenger seat with a knife, told her to drive around. When he ended up getting out, he walked up to officers and said, I'm high on meth, please take me to Main Street Project. So again, another example of how meth is impacting our city. Well, there's no doubt um, we're kind of in a crisis mode in our city, and the police chief is... uh He's been very honest and upfront about that. Um, I've, I've run into officers sometimes at various locations, and, and they've told me, you know, almost every second call that they deal with now is, has some kind of meth-related angle to it. So the fact that police are dealing with people involved in drugs is really not news. I mean, for 32 years, I've had my hand on the, the criminal pulse of Winnipeg, and uh, I can tell you, drugs have always been an issue from the time I started. The difference with methamphetamine is it tends to, uh, the effects on the person that's consuming that drug, they tend to be much more violent. And so that's what we're seeing now. They they're become irrational, um, they become much more violent, and they create a, a bigger risk to the public and to the law enforcement officers that are trying to deal with them. And I wanted to ask you this for a long time. Uh, police, when we talk to officials at Winnipeg Police Service, they say, we can't arrest our way out of this. The answer is not more cops on the street. You're a former cop. Do you agree? Absolutely. You know, there's a lot of insight that can be gained. Uh, um, Bob Christmas is a serving police officer, and he wrote a book called Policing in the 21st Century, and he made a very astute observation in his book. In Winnipeg, we have something in the neighborhood of 1,400 police officers. In the service industry, the uh, mental health services, housing services, income assistance services, uh, the healthcare industry. We have 40,000 employees. And it's time that uh, everyone starts taking their share of responsibility when it comes to crime and issues related to crime in this city and not be pushing all the responsibility on the police. Now, what the role that I see police uh, taking in all of this, because the police are on the front lines and they get to see uh, all of the dysfunction and the, the things that are happening in society that need to be addressed, that they need to be catalysts for change. They certainly can't create that change all on their own. So it definitely is something that there has to be a partnership. There has to be joint involvement, people taking responsibility and doing something about the health of the city and getting it back to where it really should be. James, thank you so much for this. I look forward to more conversations. Glad to do it. Thank you, Hal. Tomorrow night at 9 at the Park Theatre, that's when the show goes. 
It's the fifth anniversary show for the Winnipeg Comedy Showcase. Uh, Jared Story's been putting these on for five, I can't believe it's five years. He is here. Also, Benji Rothman. Uh, we're going to talk to them live in a moment, but I dug up some of their uh, jokes that made me laugh, and I thought we'd start by playing those. Uh, here's, uh, this is Benji. Take a listen. Uh, my grandma lives out here, my bubby, and uh, I spent the whole day with her yesterday. It was uh, terrible. She's really old and boring. Um, <laughs> it's awful. Uh, like, she tries, she tries. She tries to do things to make herself feel younger, you know? Like, she, uh, she stopped wearing a bra, for instance. <laughs> and like, okay, that one actually worked, because it pulled the wrinkles, like, right out of her face, you know? She was... <laughs> Very funny. And this is Jared's story. I'm from a small town called Grandview, uh, Manitoba. It's by a, by a dolphin, you know, dolphin, you're a dolphin. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, you know, growing up, we go into dolphin, you know, for shoes and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and dolphin's a weird town. Right when you go into dolphin, there's this sign that says, uh, Dolphin, the city of sunshine. Really? That's your claim to fame, the sun? I haven't been many places, but they all have the sun. <laughs> all right, so as you can see, a couple of very funny guys, Benji and Jer, are here in studio chatting with us right now. Guys, good to see both of you. Good to see you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming in. So, Jer, five years of these. Can you believe it? No. <laughs> I, I can't, really. Uh, just because the, we didn't really have any idea what we were doing when we did the first one. Yeah. I certainly didn't. Uh, you just was, saw it as an opportunity to put some fellow yeah. Winnipeg comedians to work and maybe make a couple of bucks. Basically, I kind of thought it was going to be a one-shot deal, and uh, hopefully I didn't embarrass myself too bad, and they would maybe have me back in the future for something. But yeah. uh, no, that's, this is our 22nd show in the five years. So, wow. Yeah, we do them every uh, three months at the Park Theater. Yeah. And Benji, uh, how many have you done? This is your what? This will be, I think, my fourth I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, Benji's a regular. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm as surprised as you that people still want to come out and see us. It's really unbelievable. Well, and Jared was just saying you've only got like 15 or 20 tickets left, right, for, for tomorrow yeah. night, so get your tickets. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah. Go, go on to Ticketfly right now and, and buy them there. Yeah. yeah. We've talked to Jared uh, before about how he got into this. I'm curious to know how you became a funny guy that grabs a microphone and gets up there and does five minutes. Yeah. Um, good question. I don't really know. Um, I started when I was younger and there was no really like not many open mics going around so I kind of yeah. started just at my own thing and friends came out and stuff. Um, why I kept doing it is another good question. I have no idea. Because <laughs> you're not people, doing it for the money, are you? No, well, exactly. And it's everyone, I think it's pretty it's pretty notorious how difficult it is to make it in a comedy. So what I say is you have to be smart enough to do it, but stupid enough to want to do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> very good. Yeah. Yeah. And you are a very funny guy. Oh, I watched you. a few of your videos, and, and you talk a lot about, uh, well, you mentioned your grandma there, right? Indeed, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, are you would you consider yourself sort of an observational comedian? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm maybe a little more abstract than, than some of the other guys. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell some stories, you know. Mm. Benji's also really good at uh, crowd work, which you wouldn't think because he's got such a deadpan delivery. Yeah, you'd right. think he'd be more of just a straight-up joke guy. And but, when you say uh, crowd work, what do you mean by that? Like dealing with a heckler like, or, like or, dealing or, or with, picking somebody out and yeah, having some fun picking somebody with out, yeah. dealing with the audience, yeah. uh, yeah. talking to them. Yeah. yeah, it helps that I don't like people to begin with. So <laughs> oh, I think that's there. a that's a huge help. Yeah, yeah. 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 no, it is. I, I've told Jared this before, but back in my rock radio days on Power ninety seven, we would do what were called bar gigs. Yeah, and bar gigs were sometimes games and silly things, but you always had to get up and say hi to the crowd. Right. And I, many people would say to me, "Oh man, you should be a stand up." 
the thought of coming up with five minutes <laughs> is horrifying. But yet I would get up and, you know, have fun yeah. with the crowd and, and do it. But if you said, hey, go do five minutes of comedy, I right. mean, never in a million years, right? Yeah. It's funny because there's, uh, there's improv like improvisational comedians who are just terrified of the idea of doing it by themselves stand up. Right. And meanwhile, we're terrified of improv because working to so, working right. with somebody else and having to share the limelight just seems like now. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And it was uh, interesting. I got to thank Jared on the air. You had uh, Angie come on. It was yeah. International Women's Day. And one of the comedians is Angie Mars. St. Mars. Yeah. St. Mars. Angie St. Mars. She's going to be on the bill tomorrow night at that's, the park. That's right. And she was great. Mm -hmm. And I like that, too, that you mix it up. You get different comedians, women. Yeah. You actually have a lot of women on the bill. Well, we have Dana Smith and Angie St. Mars on this one, two of the— but I mean, over the past oh, five yeah, years. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. We've had lots of uh, different types of people. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and different types of comedy styles. Like, you know, me and Benji are probably more of, like, a deadpan kind of observational thing. But yeah. then— uh, you know, you got Ben Walker who, I don't know, what does he do? He he's just, just mean. He's, he's just, just mean. He's yeah. angry. Yeah. yeah he doesn't, right. doesn't look like he wants to be up there, but yeah. uh, he is, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I try to mix up the energy, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And are you always ready, guys, for hecklers? Yeah. Let's try something out. Benji, <laughs> Benji this oh, is God. for you. Okay. Hey, you suck! <laughs> Okay, see, now this is this is a family show, right, Hal? <laughs> yeah, please, please don't get me in trouble. Yeah. Hey, Benji, you suck! Uh, well, Hal, you, uh, uh, you're bald. Let's start there. Uh, bald. Uh, when was the last time you saw the dentist? That, that, okay. I have a feeling my weight would come up if we weren't on the radio. I don't know. I'm very body positivity nowadays, okay? It's all good. Yeah. I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. But you do have to deal a lot with hecklers. Well, maybe yeah, not sometimes. a lot, but sometimes you do, right? Because people it's, are drinking and yeah i think it's less the the outright heckler and more of the person who just doesn't seem to know there's a show going on and won't <laughs> right. shut up the ones that sit and visit right yeah, yeah a lot of uh bachelorette parties they're a uh yeah, yeah i don't know what's up with them but they don't care <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, guys, I'm glad you came in. Where are you from again, Benji? Uh, so I'm from Winnipeg, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've been getting around a little bit, traveling around. Ritz and is it there. one day your hope to have, like, is this something you love doing and that's why you're doing it? Or do you say, man, my, my dream one day yeah. is, is to have that sitcom with NBC or, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm just yeah. curious what, where, your, where your head's at. I'm, no, I'm, I'm still crazy enough to have, to have to lofty have that dreams dream. like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so we'll see. It's kind of one show at a time. You know, and yeah. every sh you try to approach every show like it's it's yeah. the big one. You know, mm -hmm. so what would your sitcom be called? Yeah. Oh God, good question. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Put about this. You gotta have a name for it, Benji, if you're gonna well, have a sitcom. Yeah, one day. it wasn't. I had never really planned to be a big sitcom guy. You know? <laughs> Talk show, maybe. You know? Oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. hey, you never know. One yeah, to yeah. four might be available. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll check. I'll things ask. keep up like this. Well, yeah. <laughs> If I keep having guests like this on my show, there will be a new host. Indeed. Benji, nice to meet you. Thank you. Hal. Have a great show tomorrow night. Jarrett, again, you're really, I think you're a real Winnipeg success story. Oh, and, thanks. And you have shared it with others in what you love. Yeah. Um, your passion. I, I believe in life. You have to follow your passion. You've done that. And you've brought others along for the ride. So all, all the best. To continued success and a great five years for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jared Story and Benji Rothman again. The show is tomorrow night at 9 o'clock at the Park Theatre. Very few tickets left. It is the fifth anniversary show of the Winnipeg Comedy Showcase. Carolyn Klassen is here from Conexus Counseling. Hello, Carolyn. Hey, how? People were asking about you when you weren't here last week, and I forgot to mention on the air you needed the week off. 
Um, mm-hmm. You were traveling and actually just back. Yep, I just uh, landed a couple of hours ago. I was gone for the week. I left early yesterday, last week, Thursday morning, and our, my first stop was in Quebec City where the U Sports National Ch- Volleyball, Men's Volleyball Championships mm-hmm. took place. And so uh, we flew there on Thursday. They play my my kids' team played Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. and they won. What? Yeah, isn't was, that great? It is. I mean, I just love to watch my kids, right? Yeah. Absolutely. But I have to say, it's really fun watching them win, yeah. right? Um, I let, have fun no matter what, but winning is fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you've written a, a blog. You've written about this at ConnexusCounseling.ca. Yeah. Sort of a, an open letter to the coach, right? I think coaches are just an underappreciated bunch in our world, right? I think chances are they hear a lot more when there's problems than when there's good things happening. And, you know, they, they give of their time. They pour into our kids' lives. We appreciate them, and yet we don't always spend time thanking them. And mm-hmm. so I wanted to write something, and I wrote it specifically to my coach, my husband, my son's coach, specific to how he has poured into my kid's life. But I wanted it to kind of be a tribute and a kind of a feel-good article for any coach that people can share it and say, thank you for pouring into my kid's life. Because I just think we need we need to to notice each other when we're doing things right and let people know. Mm. Do you want to read a little bit of it or, or do you want to just tell us about it? Whatever you want to do. Okay. So. And it's not, you didn't thank the coach for helping my kid's team win necessarily. No. That's nice. That's a bonus. Well, and actually when I met with him on Sunday, we had kind of a victory dinner after. And I said, you know, I realized that it's really important. Like as you're when you're a university coach, you get paid to help your team do really well, right? Mm-hmm. They're supposed to win. Yeah. Um, and I said, I know that winning is important to you, but winning was never important to me for my kid, right? Like I didn't really care whether he won or lost. What I care was was at the end of the time of playing, would mm-hmm. he be have grown up to be a better person, where he was a better leader, where he was knew more about grit and determination, about the value of hard work, that he knew how to be a better teammate, and he did all of that. And mm-hmm. so for me, it was a very much a success, and it the, the success had very little to do with the win. Yeah. So uh, read if you want, or, or talk a little more about it, because make some of the big. Uh, let us know some of the big points you wanted to get across to him, because you're. Right. I mean, obviously, as coach, he wants to win, but it's about so much more than winning, right? It's about these young people that he's working with on the team coming out better human beings. Right. Yep. So I'll read a little bit of it. Uh, One was, you expected a lot out of him and his teammates. You set the bar very high. You let them know that great performance arises only out of great effort and investment. He learned perseverance and grit that will serve him well in the rest of life. He also learned that when you ask much of somebody, you only do so when you demonstrate that level of commitment from yourself. You worked as hard as anybody towards this championship. My boy learned what integrity looks like from watching you, and no mother could ask for more. Very nice. And like you said, it's, uh, it's and you can find it at connexuscounseling.ca, and that's C-O-N-E-X-U-S. C-O-U-N-S-E-L-L-I-N-G dot C-A, connexuscounseling.ca, and a bunch of other stuff that uh, Carolyn has written there as well, but the, uh, this is the, the latest uh, installment uh, in her blog. And um, you're right, because I think a lot of parents, maybe you're a very good writer, Carolyn, and, and you, you boil things down for us on the air. That's why I enjoy having you on, on mm-hmm. Thursdays, because I think a lot of people would love to say that to the coach that's working with their kid, right? But they don't know how to say it, and this is a, a great template, I think, for for saying that to your kid's coach. 
Thank you. Yeah, I. that's what I try to do on my blog is just talk about what we're all talking about all the time mm. and find a way to help people say things that they're thinking but haven't quite put into words. Yeah. By the way, you're looking very summery today. You've got a flower on the front of your top and short <laughs> sleeve and... Well, it's beautiful out today here, um, and I just came, I was in BC for a couple of days speaking, and um, it was like 24 and sunny yesterday. The daffodils were just getting ready to burst into bloom, Wow! Uh, and so I am definitely into spring mode. Well, I'll tell you, it's been hard all day today working indoors, knowing <laughs> that it was sunny and now 8 degrees outside. Like, when the weather gets nice like this, especially at the start of the season, ugh, it's all I can do just to, you know, be indoors. Well, an eight in spring is very different than an eight in fall, don't you think? Well, no kidding. Yeah. Or 24, show off, uh, name dropper, Langley, BC over here, you know, and walks in looking. You just got off a plane. I appreciate that because I'm sure you're tired and want to go home and go to bed, but you came here and I appreciate that. So. Well, I didn't want to miss a chance to chat with you. Yeah. Why is it that uh, a change of seasons, sometimes for the better, like now, or sometimes for the worse when winter begins... Why is a change of season so hard? Is it because it's a change? Is that what it's about? Well, a change is change, and change is hard. Often, in many t- places in life, when you talk, you hear people talking about change, they automatically assume that change is wrong. Yeah. I think the change from winter to spring is one opportunity for us all to feel like change doesn't have to always be bad. This is I, spring is my the beginning of spring is my va- very favorite time of year. I, mm. I keep t- pulling out my phone and taking pictures of in, in BC I was taking pictures of the buds and the leaves that were coming out right like to see new life is so mm. exciting. But change is very hard because change pr- produces uncertainty and uncertainty produces vulnerability and none of us want to be vulnerable. Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.